It's me, it's me, it's the ROB, mobbing once again with those two dudes who wouldn't waste time with the headbangers right here on Perched on the Top Rope. The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. I am the DSP. I am Lee. Joining me, I am the Eldorable One, also known on our YouTube channel as the Eldorable Gamer, Alex Todd. So we've had a lot go on since the the Royal Rumble, I would say, right? Right? A little bit. A little bit. That's fair to say. And I would say that we're coming up on a rather good weekend. Would you guys agree? I would also agree there. Can't How wait to you? see Scarlet. And I... that's where I was going. Ladies and gentlemen, Baltimore Celeb Fest 3 is this weekend. We as perched on the top rope have Scarlet Bordeaux and Killer Cross. Remember, if you show up to the event wearing one of our t-shirts that you find on ProWrestlingTees.com that does have a code FEB22, Get you 20% off the shirt, but wearing the shirt at Celeb Fest 3 will also get you $25 off a VIP combo. And that's pretty sweet. And if you bring your, your receipt from purchasing the t-shirt, because wrestling pro wrestling tees may be backed up on shipping, I'll give you credit there too. Even better. The, uh, the guy that made those shirts is one handsome son of a bitch. That's what they say. He might be yeah. pretty good with a video or two once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> mediocre at best. But yes, that's, that's where our intro goes. I really wasn't trying to knock Mosh and Thrasher, but uh, there is there is one of the wonderful promoters of the world who just seems to keep blowing us, me and Lee, up nonstop. And I only wish Alex was involved in the same thing so that he could get the, Hi, how are you? Would you like it 8 by 10 No. No, I don't. Actually, for me, it was how many would you like? <laughs> Dude, I've met him a few times. I'm actually just trying to figure out why they blew me off on an interview. <laughs> kind of like how Uncle Dave has us blocked. Kind of like how Cher Delaware from Fightful has us blocked. Uh-oh. Kind of like how uh, James Ryder from Web is Jericho has us blocked. Damn, that almost sounds like how Vince Russo has me blocked. Hi, Vin Ru. Sounds like the dirt sheet hater was doing something right back then. Am I the only one that doesn't have heat with the rest of the boys? Yeah. It's because no one knows me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Go yeah, to but... a show or two and, and you'll get heat instantaneously. You'll be guilty by association sooner or later. We figure out how to radiate heat, but that's okay. Kind of like how the Royal Rumble generated a lot of heat. And not just the Royal Rumble, Shane McMahon. A man so desperate for his father's love, he will do anything to get his father's attention. But I don't think getting fired was uh, one of the things he was expecting. 
it's been rumored that Shane McMahon has quietly been let go, nonetheless, by his father. Uh, <laughs> it's been said a lot of people were upset about the Royal Rumble. Uh, he caused a lot of commotion, a lot of unnecessary drama in the wrestling world. We found out that the man's supposed to have an elimination chamber match. He's supposed to have a match at WrestleMania. To get fired by your dad is pretty bad. <laughs> I am someone who carries the third generation of a name, always seeking my father's approval and always wanting that thumbs up, which you always seem to never get. So I kind of understand where Shane McMahon is coming from in this realm of having a wealthy father who doesn't pay attention to you. Hopefully so, he's not listening to the podcast. He's not a subscriber. My dad's not listening. <laughs> I can kind of understand where Shane's coming from in this aspect. However, there's also something to be said about being the spoiled rich kid who comes in and just says, I'm going to do this because I can. I don't think at 52 that works anymore. Damn. Maybe at nine. Maybe at 10 years old it works. I tried to do it at my father's work at 15, and I too got fired, so I can commiserate with Shane. This was a almost kind of like a tough subject almost for me when, when I when I first heard about it because all the dirt sheets were reporting that it was in fact his father that said hey go home other things surrounding the Royal Rumble have come from the women's Royal Rumble and not just Melina's botch but Nia Jax and formerly known as the Iconics the inspiration denied WWE they were offered a spot to come back for the Rumble. And they said, no, no, no. Rob, having been let go from WWE and having been rehired a couple of times over, how do you feel about them saying no? And what would you do if WWE offered you a spot? Well, I don't know that they'd call me to offer me a spot in the Rumble. Um, I'd be sort of like that drew carey kind of guy that would walk in and get tossed out however um you know recently with nxt i was offered a spot back but turned it down uh for several reasons um but as far as the girls are concerned um you know i i i think we could take naya first only because i've got a little bit of insight into her situation you and I and perched on the top rope are trying to obtain Nia Jax. It's no secret for big event coming up in March, as well as uh, Showcase of Legends 7 in Albany. And Nia apparently, and I don't want this to come off like I'm making a joke of it, but it's going to sound really dumb. She's afraid to travel due to COVID. Um, however, Nia is booking herself at WrestleCon where international travelers will come and visit. So if you weren't afraid of COVID before, come to WrestleCon. Um, but that's beside the point. The other sec, the other issue with Nia Jax was she has every single talent when they get released from WWE, there is a certain amount of, of buyout or money, like a lump sum payment, almost like a severance package that they get, but they get it at the end of the 90 days. And for some reason, Nia Jax was extremely concerned that the WWE was going to do anything in their power to, to screw with her money. And this was a lot, lot of money, a large sum of money. 
we're talking seven figures worth of money. Um, and her contract was not due to expire. It's not due to, to expire until midnight tonight, actually, um, similar to Karrion Cross. Um, so I don't know if maybe thoughts got in her head that I don't want to jeopardize this 90 day thing by coming back to WWE because technically that could be working. And would that be in breach of contract? Could they extend my, my 90 days, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what was going on in her head, but I guarantee you that was what was playing a factor in her situation with the two, with the two others, uh, the iconics or inspiration, you know, if they are comfortable comfortable with the amount of money that they're bringing in now over at Impact Wrestling, and I know, uh, obviously, Cassie has her husband who works for AEW, then what's, why do you need the $7,500 or $10,000 that they, that they were going to give you? It's only worth um, $10,000 for the, you know, for that one-time appearance. Right. And I'll also to go along with what you were saying, too, as far as the inspiration, Rob, um, I was going to say that I think another reason that they would have turned around, aside from probably just not wanting to go back, is Mickey was already in the Rumble. She, she was already getting that buzz for Impact Wrestling. I feel almost like if you then throw the Iconics or the inspiration, if you will, into the Rumble as well, it can kind of almost deflate the booking that mm-hmm. Impact was going for. Not necessarily like it would be a bad thing having the inspiration in, but now it just looks like you're just trying to get everybody in and it kind of makes how special it is, you know, go down just a little bit. So that's probably something that played along in their head as well. Oh, 100%. 100%. You had the world, the knockouts world champion in there and Mickey James. You don't really need to add the tag team champions too. It's sort of like how, how much crap can we throw in against the wall and see what sticks? Um, you know, and, and on the flip side to that, there are other women out there that WWE could have gotten. I think this is just getting blown out of more blown, more blown out of proportion than needs to be. Um, when it comes to the inspiration, turning them down, they could have gotten gone out and got Lana. Right. They could, they, you know, there were several other talents and she just comes to mind because she too will be at Baltimore celeb fest three late edition. Um, that they, they could have gotten. So you know, there, there's the Nia Jax thing. There's there's several things that I think are a little hokey with with her um, that probably were playing a factor. Um, but with the inspiration, like you said, Alex, once you already had the the world champion in there, what do you need the tag team champions in there too? Exactly. Yeah, and speaking of the Royal Rumble. Uh, Fightful Select found the Royal Rumble producers. I'm going to run through the matches first. Uh, Rob, I know you particularly wanted to talk about uh, the men and women's Royal Rumbles for the fact of uh, the producers involved with that. So for the Universal Championship match between Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, the producers were P.S. Michael Hayes. And the man with one of the most stunning finishing moves ever seen, known as the Canadian Destroyer, Petey Williams. Phenomenal job. For the Raw Women's Championship between Becky Lynch and Dewdrop, Pat Buck and Sean Devari were the producers. Good match. 
the WWE Championship match between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. P.S. Michael Hayes and Jason Jordan. For the intergender tag team match between Edge and Beth Phoenix and Miz and Maurice, you had Adam Pierce, Kenny Dykstra. That leaves the Women's Royal Rumble and the Men's Royal Rumble. For the Women's Royal Rumble, Fit Finley, Shane Helms, Pat Buck, P.S. Michael Hayes, and Mighty Molly Holly were the producers of the Women's Royal Rumble match. Now for the men's. You have Adam Pierce, Sean Devari, Abyss, and Jamie Noble. Rob, having worked in WWE, being a writer, working really close with producers when it comes to things like the Royal Rumble, can you explain uh, on your end uh, how, do, how the Royal Rumble works when it comes to the writing and producing side? Yeah, well, with the Royal Rumble, and now we could say Royal Rumbles, um, whether it's men's and women's, there's always going to be three, maybe four angles that you want to come away from, obviously leading into WrestleMania, um, to take away from. The rest of it is all filler. So that's why you, a lot of the people you see in there, you know, never have a real chance at winning this thing, but it would be kind of boring if we only had eight people in a, in a men's or a women's Royal Rumble. But... Um, with with regard to all of these producers, you know, the next time they're doing budget cuts, they probably should shave off some of the producers, not because they, they may be bad at their job, but because there's too many chefs in the kitchen, if you will. Michael, Michael Hayes, uh, Michael P.S. Hayes, Fit Finley, uh, and probably Adam Pierce would be the main ones that I would I would maintain and keep only because Fit Finley works with all the women. So you definitely want his hand in there. Um, Michael Hayes, obviously, he's been there and been doing it for for a lifetime. And Adam Pierce, you know, probably has that 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 feel for it, too, um, between him and Pat Buck. But again, there's too many hands in here playing with everything. What what does Petey Williams bring to the Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns? World Championship match that Michael PSAs couldn't cover from a booking meeting between the writer and the, and and the producer. Same thing goes with um, the the uh, the Edge, Beth Phoenix, Miz, and Maurice. And I'm looking at this thing now. Um, Kenny Dykstra, what what in the world? No, um, that's where maybe Finley. If you wanted two people, I would have included Finley just to maybe create spots with the girls because Finley would have known how to do that. Um, the world title match, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Now, unless they hired a different Jason Jordan, this is the Jason Jordan who was pitched as Kurt Angle's son. What the hell does he have producing a world championship match? So, bye-bye. Uh, Michael Hayes easily could have produced that match. Anyone who watched that thing, they they could have, they could have. Michael Hayes could have handled that with the women's again, women's world, uh, world championship match between Becky Lynch and Dewdrop. fit Finley at most. 
Um, if you want to have Pat Buck do it, okay. I mean, I know the match wasn't stellar, so anybody really could have done it. The women's Royal Rumble match, Molly Holly makes sense. Number one, she's a producer. So she probably produces a lot of the women's things you see on TV. But also in the Rumble, you need a quarterback. And the quarterback may not necessarily be the person that's going to win, but they can actually kind of steer the the ship when you get down to like the nitty gritty of like 12, 12, 10 to 12 people, whether it's men or women. So when you look at the men's Royal Rumble, if you wanted to do a surprise entrant, have Abyss dress up as the old TNA Abyss as an entrant and have him quarterback that the final entrance in the Rumble. Doesn't necessarily mean that he's even going to get down to the final four, but he's got to make sure that that whole thing is constructed correctly. And the same thing with Molly Holly. Other than that, you don't need Shane Helms to be doing this, Pat Buck, even Michael Hayes, since we were going to give him all those other jobs, Jamie Noble, Sean Devari, Adam Pierce. They don't need to be in the, the men's Royal Rumble um, or having their hands on it. This is, this is why we see a lot of the, the Monday Night Raw and a lot of sometimes SmackDown and lots of times a lot of the, what do you call them now? I call them pay-per-views still, but whatever you want to call them. Um, when, when we look back at some of them and go, man, that one really sucked. It's because of this. You've, it's because you've got too many hands in the kitchen and, and it just, it, it gets discombobulated because here's the thing, Lee, if you and Alex are in a, in a match together, you, we all, the three of us should be able to sit in a room, but what's happening here is Michael Hayes is going in one direction. Petey Williams is going in the other. And then you two have to kind of piece together what the two different people said if it all comes out of one voice then there's no reason to have this thing screwed up in any way shape or form but you've got two people quarterbacking a world title match two people quarterbacking a women's title match and they're going in two different directions it screws everything up okay well said and you know what speaking of how you were talking about um, having one of the producers come in and quarterback the match like part of the way through. I feel like we actually saw that happen with the women's rumble because Mighty Molly came out into the rumble part mm-hmm. of the way in. Absolutely. She, and she coincidentally had like the shortest amount of time in. So she probably got in, made sure sure certain spots that she had had planned out went correctly and then got out. Mm-hmm. And if they had to convey something to them during that, then she can she would run through it. I think the one thing I found interesting the most is when I look at the list of producers, there's a names a, a name missing. And it happens to be TJ Wilson. Mm-hmm. Where is TJ Wilson? And he works a lot with the women. He's very helpful with with all of the, the women wrestlers. Um yeah, his his name was shocking not being on that list. Well, he's also yeah. one of the top Royal Rumble producers, too. Most of the Rumbles over the past four or five, six years have been mainly produced by him and Michael Hayes. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm just looking at the list now again, just thinking, like, where is he? Well, and there's a lot of talent, too, um, specifically in the Women's Rumble. There was, like, I think three or four talents that were rumored to have not decided to come back aside from Nia Jackson, the inspiration due to TJ Wilson, not being involved in the producing of the match. Cause they were like, it's basically not worth it. Um, it's a headache. 
you know, I just, I don't want to deal with this because TJ's not there and he's not there to make sure everything goes smoothly. So I think that's a lot to do with it. I also read online and I don't know how true this is to be, but I also heard that part of the reason that TJ wasn't producing the Rumble matches is because he heard that Shane was coming back and trying to do all this, you know, overwhelming takeover of the Rumbles too. And I heard that he just decided that it wasn't for him. I mean, he would have to be there and show up. He has a, a responsibility as part of his job to show up, which is the shocking part of not being on this list. We're going to stick to WWE in an essence of somebody leaving. And it's not shame because we already talked about that. Brian Kendrick gets granted his release from WWE. Literally within hours, he's announced for AEW Dynamite against John Moxley. People find out. People get mad. People go to the internet to share Brian Kendrick's previous comments from 2011 that he had done on a high spots like virtual thing, or it was a DVD or something about conspiracy theories, like almost kind of like his own show, like a segment type deal. We don't need to go into what he said. You can look it up if you want. Tony Khan tweets out that uh, they're not going to use Brian Kendrick now for that match. Someone else wrestled him. It was Wheeler Yuta. Thank you. Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen was with the guy. It was a good match. I had no idea who the hell that guy was. I would have preferred Brian Kendrick, but. <laughs> so I know guys. that guy's on AEW, but I just still don't know who the hell he is. Sorry. If you take offense, you can go block us like the other dirt sheet writers. That's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, he must add some wild conspiracy theories. I've got a couple thoughts on this because one back in 2011, I watched the videos, and like I said, we're not going to go into what he said. But back in 2011, Brian Kendrick was still working for TNA. Brian Kendrick had like this weird, like shaman esque character. He was very like chakra themed, and like it was almost like a, a Buddhist type character. And the way he was talking within those videos almost sounded like how he talked back when he was playing that character. And TNI. So I don't know if it was him trying to kayfabe in real life or if it was specifically his own actual opinions, but it was just the way he was speaking. The video sounded very much so like his character that he played in TNA. However, and I might get canceled for this and, and I don't really care um, unless it's, you know, certain specific things that are never okay to say. I think we got to stop with this cancel culture bullshit. Because, you know, you, you can grow as a person over the years. And to go back 10 plus years into someone's career and basically go and get them canceled because you don't like that they left the company that you like for the other company, you're messing with people's careers at that point. Mm -hmm. um, now, there were some specific comments that Brian Kendrick said that were unacceptable. But he went ahead, he got online, he apologized for everything. And he said that he has tried to make himself a better person over the years. So we're just supposed to hate this guy. Uh, I'm pretty sure we've all said stuff that we regret. But we uh, live in a world now where people are actually trying to better themselves in what they say. People are trying to, you know, move along with the times. And how do we know that he hasn't done that? You know what I mean? 
I just really wanted to see the match. To be honest, I didn't care about the comments he had made, uh, only because I deal with enough conspiracy theorists that at some point I either look at them and think, all right, they're onto something, or two, they're just that batshit crazy. <laughs> and I generally lead towards number two, to be honest with you, uh, but I just let them talk. There's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there. Uh, I think the issue is no longer from a political standpoint of cancel culture. I think it's the fact that you have too many opinions, too many people who feel too strongly about so many different topics. Right. That no matter what, if it's not one thing, it's going to be another coming after you. I will say that you, for someone like a Brian Kendrick, they're not just pro wrestlers. They are people on TV. They are considered famous, just like an actor or any other sports athlete out there. You kind of got to watch what you say on the internet. I don't (laughs) care. You kind of got to watch what you say. Behind closed doors, cool. Don't do it on a pad podcast because Sammy Guevara learned the hard way when he said something about Sasha Banks a few years ago. But this is just an example that you can't trust everything on the internet. Not saying that you can't trust what he didn't say because he, he clearly said it. It's in a video. But he doesn't know all his followers. I don't know all my followers. Alex, you don't know all your followers. Rob, you don't know all your followers. You see where I'm getting to the point. We don't know the people that are following us on these social media things. Even if we tweet something out, even if we do this or we do that, guess what's going to happen? Someone's going to pick up on it and someone's not going to like it. Unfortunately, this is what happens. Although I'm a little curious because when he was brought back to WWE in 2016 for the Cruiserweight Classic, I do not remember any of these topics coming up in anyone trying to cancel him from wrestling in WWE. Mm -hmm. So this is, as Alex kindly put it, probably disgruntled WWE fans that he left to go to AEW. Mm -hmm. Rob, how do you feel about it? I think it's stupid. I mean, like Alex said, everybody grows and to hold something against somebody that they said something that somebody said you said 2011 jesus it's 10 years ago uh you know i mean you know i think it's just ridiculous but you know at the same time we live in a society nowadays where you know once they get this in their mind that they have to cancel you they that there's no i mean tony could have done nothing about it but that's Tony. Rob, you said this to me once when I first joined you in the promoting game. If one fan is upset, the rest are sure to follow. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm seeing here. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what this it's, is. It's, it's, it's sort of like one guy showing up, you know, yeah after after everything's been shut down and then you know that that one fan starts to bitch and moan 
you're going to find 15 to 20 that are going to come out of the woodwork, uh, you know, including one that claims they sent a baseball that was never sent four months later. Um, you know, it, 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 and, and this is sort of like that, that same thing. It's sort of like you had one jerk off who probably is sitting in his basement um, who knows everything anybody said anywhere, anyhow, at any time. He's got a video library better than our video and can pull it up at a moment's notice. And if he, you know, and then he puts it out there and he gets a few other people to re retweet it or whatever. And boom, you've got your snowball that's rolling down the hill. You know, it's, it's, it's silly, but that's, you know, that's exactly it. You get one guy, you could run the most perfect show in the world. You're going to get one person that's going to say, I didn't like this. And then all of a sudden, here we go. Now everyone, you know, pack mentality, almost like when dogs get in a fight. If you've got two dogs that get in a fight and there's other dogs around, they automatically just jump in the middle of the fight. They don't know what they're doing. And that's, that's exactly what this is. And that is exactly what happened here. Sucks for Brian Kendrick. He did apologize on Twitter. Uh, he, you know, he did make uh, a statement regarding what had happened and everything. So uh, he did apologize. You know, he said he doesn't feel that way. It was a, a good apology. Though when people grow, I, I feel like, you know, if he made an apology back then, fine. Maybe he shouldn't have to apologize again. Unfortunately, it cost him a job. We had the jackass premiere the other night and uh sammy zane decided to crash it sammy zane also got thrown out this leads me to believe that we're going to see johnny knoxville and the jackass crew again on wwe programming what do you think why not you can't hurt them <laughs> I mean, basically, it'd be it'd be an easy one for Sammy. Throw me around for for you know seven to ten minutes. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I I listened to an interview that Johnny Knoxville and Stevo did, and obviously Stevo sober. So, the interviewer had asked about pain kills and this and that, and they you know because they're older, they're in their fifties now. And they're like, no, no painkillers, nothing. More trips to the hospital, though. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I don't. I'd like to actually see a, a, a Jackass star have a full lengthy match. We we've seen them multiple times within WWE, from you know Steve O. Uh, who was the other guy with the uh, from the Wild Boys? There, he was. He's been part of it knoxville so why not let them have a match and why not let it be against a zany character like sammy Zayn with his conspiracy theories and everyone's out to get him why not keep it going and you know they can always they can always mosh finish it and have something like we man trip them or something something ridiculous where it's a it's a schmoz and, and knoxville gets the win and we go to bed with it that's yeah. the end of it. And it's over with. I'd be happy with that. We have some new news when it comes to Elimination Chamber. A new match has been announced. 
for the pay-per-view February 19th. The Usos will be defending their SmackDown Tag Team Championship against the Viking Raiders. They will join Becky Lynch putting on her Raw Championship against Lita. And then we have the Elimination Chamber with Bobby Lashley defending his championship against Brock Lesnar. Austin Theory, Matt Riddle, Seth Rollins. L, help me out. Who's the last guy? AJ Styles. Thank you. Will the women get an elimination chamber? And will that woman, whoever may win, go against Becky? Assuming Becky doesn't get chosen. Or if Charlotte doesn't get chosen. You understand what I'm saying? Whichever direction Ronda goes, then then do the women get an elimination chamber? And will that woman get to face the missing champion? Well, I'm going to say, sadly, no on that front, only because the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view is in Saudi Arabia. And it nor- normally, nine times out of ten, with all the Saudi Arabia pay-per-views we've seen, they don't have more than two women on the card. Mm. Because they're, you know, a little behind on the times. Um, but I, I feel like they've already got Becky and Lita, and that if they try to throw any more there that Vince might end up angering one Saudi prince and one thing may lead to another and a plane might take a little longer than it should to take off and some people might be stuck uh, trying to figure out how to get back to the U.S. Although that's, <laughs> that's uh, never Been happened there, before. Did that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no thanks on that one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'd want to be a uh, part of that. You know, it could be worse, Lee. You could be on the trip to Collision in Korea, which you can find Sonny Odo talking about on our YouTube page at Perch on the Top Rope on YouTube. Usually uh, I do the shameless plugs, but I'll, I'll allow it tonight. That was a good one. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all week. You know, speaking of, I mean, this isn't really a shameless plug, but uh, WWE made a lot of money today. Well, over the past quarter. Most in history, as a matter of fact, the revenue was over a billion dollars. I'm pretty sure it was uh, close to like 1.9 or close to two or something like that. The most they've ever made for the company. Nick Khan, Stephanie, and Vince were on the call. And Stephanie had brought up looking into the metaverse fans if you don't know what the metaverse is it is like a 3d virtual world i personally don't know much about it pretty much everything i just told you is what i know about it uh i think al knows a little more than i do that uh al said that it was something started by mark zuckerberg and Facebook. We already see WWE doing like 3D hologram type stuff with the entrances. And I was really, really upset when SmackDown was supposed to have the fist. Al can attest to this because I was probably more mad than I was. And that was just a uh, 
3D thing that we could only see on TV. I was hoping that it was actually like the, you know, the whole old school setup of SmackDown. It's not what we got. Al, you had brought up Nia Jax and getting released and it's a budget cut. You made how much money this year? And you want to tell me everyone's been let go because of budget cuts? Like close to $2 billion in revenue. And you're telling me you cut people because of budget cuts. But alas, how did they get to those budget cuts? I mean, how did they get to that $2 billion in revenue? By cutting different salaries. It's all about the bottom line when you got shareholders that you have to answer to. Yeah, and, and that's where things become tricky. Like, Tony Khan doesn't have to answer to the amount of people that Vince McMahon and, you know, like Nick Khan does. Because there's people like me out there with stocks. And of course, I'm the little guy, so I'm not getting listened to. And I sit here and go, hey, uh, I can do a better job with the writing. Hire me. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't know 90% of the people on NXT anymore because the product is so bad. When you change it to NXT 2.0, I don't know what the hell I'm watching or who I'm watching. Half the time, I got to text Al and be like, yo, who's that? <laughs> All I want to do, like, I mean, there's, you know, the calls I want to be, you know, I, I've called WWE several times, actually, media relations, the communications department, WWE, please change NXT back to the black and gold. But anyway, back to the point of budget cuts, really, really. At that point, just tell the talent, hey, you're not what we're looking for at this time. We're going to release you. Here's your 90 days. Whatever happened to telling the truth? Right. Like Nia Jackson said on Renee Paquette's uh, podcast, too. She's like, you know, I knew it was just the run the mill bullshit that they, Johnny was giving me when he called me to release me. And she goes, just because I knew I wanted to mess with him. She goes, well, if it's budget cuts, I'll take a pay cut. And he was like, Oh, no, no, no. And she goes, oh, so you're just looking to go in an entirely different direction. And he goes, yeah. And she goes, well, why couldn't you just tell me that to begin with? Yeah, exactly. Why is that so hard? Tell them the truth. Well, because as as fans, when we watch the product, we don't know what direction they're going in. So if you told them that you were going in a different direction, you don't know the direction you're trying to go in to begin with. So how can I tell you we want to go in a different direction? He's got a point. And see, but calling it budget cuts is the, you know, we were just talking about, you know, cancer culture and being politically correct. Budget cuts is, is the political correct way of saying, we're a company that wants to make a lot more money. So therefore, we're going to cut your high-end salaries and bring you back on a one-off when we need you, such as the Royal Rumble when we don't have enough women, for maybe $7,500 to $10,000 a spot, instead of paying you the 750000 a year that you're getting. So therefore, that's the, the, the politically correct wording is budget cuts. Instead of saying, we're a greedy, rich, bastard company. All righty then. All right. Well, I think we all know what time it is. I think it's time it's to announce It's almost time that. for me to get on a plane to go to Baltimore. I'm ready. And while you're there... 
Rob, you can find out from Carrion, uh, which companies have been uh, talking to him and he's been talking with. Uh, he did make it clear he is talking to multiple companies at this time. Uh, didn't specify any particular companies. She said companies. So uh, maybe we'll have something to report when Rob comes back from Baltimore Celeb Fest 3 as we have Scarlet and Killer Cross. This will be their first autograph signing together since the WWE release. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. He's free at midnight, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you go, if you're in the Baltimore area, check out Celeb Fest 3. Stop at our booth perched on the top rope and go get an autograph. While you're at it, go to youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. Check out some awesome interviews and check out all our WWE 2K footage for the upcoming video game coming up in March. All done by Al. Fantastic job. You can hear this podcast everywhere and anywhere podcasts can be found. Apple Podcast, Google, Amazon, Red Circle, you name it, we're there. Everything's perched on the top rope. You can follow us on TikTok, perched on the top rope. Instagram, perched on the top rope podcast. Find us on Facebook at Perched on the Top Rope. Make sure you go buy one of our t-shirts designed by Al at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Perched on the Top Rope. Right now, there is a promo code FEB22 to get 20% off your t-shirts now. If you enjoy our promoting side, ladies and gentlemen, aside from Baltimore Celeb Press 3, we will be at the 2300 Arena for Icons of Wrestling March 26th with Bull Nakano, Ultimo Dragon, and Sonny Ono. That following week is WrestleMania. And you can catch us at WrestleCon with the same talents, Bull, Ultimo, and Sonny. And as you heard earlier from Rob, we are attempting for the big event and showcase of legends, Nia Jax. Go to eventbrite.com. All you got to do is search their names and you will find all of the events that we are at. Get your tickets today. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. Rob, I think you know what to do. Spoiler free. It's the way to be. I'll see you on Sunday. We're out.